Hello and welcome to Cutting the Bullet, the post-truth apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hi. Today we're talking about monster sightings in wartime. War. What is it good for? Jobs. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as Mike said, jobs, stimulating the economy. Industrial multi-complex. Yeah, advances in technology and medicine. Yeah. Population control. Advances in technology and medicine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're fighting a war, surely your money's been going oh, towards... Oh, war drives technology like nothing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All most major medical advances in surgery come through war. Mm. That's the problem with our whole system. War is profitable. It's a racket. Yeah. But it's also good for seeing monsters and shit that you cannot explain. Ooh. Yeah, that could be because of the immense mental stress of the situation, or the fact you're on a heightened alertness. Both equally plausible. Yeah. First, we will thank some new and returning listeners, and we'll get into it. Who's been listening this last week? Hanoi in Vietnam, Butler, Pennsylvania, oh, Birch Run, Michigan, both in the US, Alba Luila, something like that, in Romania, Marmandi in France. Keep your hands off our fish, mate. <laughs> Actually, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Take the fish you want. There's barely any bit left. Anyway. Exactly. As long as there's a fucking one, one in the chippy for me on a Friday, I don't mind. Brisbane, Australia. Delhi in India. I Wickham, United Kingdom. Glasgow, United Kingdom. Alexandria in Egypt. Bothwell in WA, Washington. Mm-hmm. Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Wee Hawken, New Jersey. That's Wee, a good one. Wee Hawken. Wee Hawken. It sounds like it should be Scottish, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh, Liga Brook in Germany. Toronto, Canada. Angels City, Angeles City in the Philippines. Uh, Coming in the top ten. Denver, Colorado. Port Oregon, Missouri. Bedford, United Kingdom. Brussels. Boardman, Oregon. Scott City, Missouri. Columbia, South Carolina. Hudson, New Hampshire. That's a new one. Mm. I've had New Hampshire before. And Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. I had a bootleg DVD of Marilyn Manson live in Wisconsin. Did you? Yeah, it was shit. <laughs> it was really bad quality. It sounded like someone just stood there with a, with a tape recorder. That shit, because it was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> He's turned out to be a bit of a rogue, hasn't he? Just a bit. Fucking dirty rapist, isn't he? Well, he's meant to be. Mm. What a surprise. Allegedly. He never saw that coming. Wow. <laughs> Oh, have the women just jumped on the bloody, you know... No, I know, it was the women first. Bandwagon. My things were very different in the 90s when Marilyn Manson was famous. Oh, I'm excusing it. Yeah. I'm not excusing yeah. it, it's terrible. No, it's, he has to go through court, doesn't it? And he's, yeah, but he's innocent until proven guilty. He is. But I can, I can believe it went on because things were different in the 90s. There was a lot of drugs being taken and nowadays that behaviour isn't appropriate for what he was doing. Most of it was he was in a relationship at the time with him. Yeah, he was. So it was an abusive relationship, which you can't excuse. I suppose yeah. just the, the drug problems, but... Yeah. He got them into drugs too, which doesn't really excuse it. No. You can't excuse it. He's a bit of a twat. Yeah, I never really liked him, to be honest. Well, I bought a few of his records. I've seen him live a couple of times. Puts, yeah. on, a, puts on a good stage show. Yeah, he does. Obviously, he won't be getting any more work now. Unless he's found innocent. Who knows? But anyway, wartime monsters. People see all sorts of fucking shit in war, including monsters. War itself is a monster, like that. It is. It is. I start with a recent one, the Afghan monster. Now, we've actually had a report on Weird News where a US Army patrol was ambushed by a giant in Afghanistan. One of them was killed with a large spear. Giant how? As in like a massive humanoid with... Yeah, how big? A ten foot. Surely there would have been pictures of this. It's it was recent. a special forces patrol on... They uh, were going after a patrol that had gone missing and it turned out this thing might have killed them. I don't know. Mm. It was on Weird News. Mm. So a relatively recent report comes from an anonymous US Army Special Forces squad member who's tracking a Taliban person of interest in the mountains of Afghanistan. Alright, alarm bells are ringing straight away. Anonymous. 
Mm-hmm. So you aren't prepared to put their name to this? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe they're still serving. If, you, if you're special forces as well, you can't... Yeah, you can't open up your identity. That's why they still put them silly little black lines over SAS ID photos. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let you off with that on that. Carry on. Almost immediately into the mission, the team experienced technical problems. They had trouble maintaining radio contact due to static, uh, believing the magnetic content of the rocks to be the issue. The eyewitness describes leaving the squad's base with some of the other men to reposition the SATCOM to get a better signal. It was around dusk at the time, and as they neared the SATCOM, one of the soldiers spied a man in a white robe running through the rocks outside the village. Jesus. <laughs> Lacking a reliable communication and worried about the mission being compromised, the men packed up their equipment and guided to move. They were all on high alert as they tracked back to the outpost. And sometimes that's all it takes when you're out there doing that kind of shit. It's just yeah. some local just to run past and you're going to go, Fuck you, you just go and tell the bad guys are here. Mm. Oh well, off we go. Mm. What can you do? Could What's that saying about plans? Best laid plans, yeah, they never fucking work. No, they're, they're good until you make contact with the enemy, isn't it? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Every, no plan survives first contact yeah, with the enemy. <sighs> so they cover their tracks, they move back. But every now and again, he claims that you would catch a fleeting glimpse of something white moving in the distance. He reported this to the others, and officers said he'd seen the same thing. They were being followed. The sense of urgency and panic increased. They're a small unit, completely exposed and without a means of communication. Not only that, the witness reports that everything felt strange. The air felt heavy and sort of sweet. The silence hummed loudly. So putting on their night vision goggles, they could see nothing in the perfect green haze. But also very tired and looking to get back to camp until they were met by the sight of a man dressed in light-coloured robes, making his way towards them. According to the witness, the way he moved was unnatural, and he seemed to pass through any and all obstacles in his way as though they were made of air. It's Jesus. <laughs> Mr Burns. <laughs> he brings love, peace, care, <laughs> So the quote is, He seemed to melt over and around the rocks. Through the night-vision goggles, his eyes glowed. I scoped up on him, i.e. you uh, bring your weapon up to the shoulder and look through your scope at him. I scoped up on him and saw that he was looking directly at me. It was pitch black. There was no way he could have seen us from that distance without any kind of night optics. Suddenly he stopped. He picked up one of his limbs and held it in the air, almost like it was waving at me. What do you mean he picked up one of his limbs on the floor? No, like picking it up like that Uh with his other arm. Then the arm melted back into his form like it wasn't an arm at all. Oh yeah, so his arm must have, must have blown his arm off. Okay. The arm melted back into his form like it wasn't an arm at all, but some kind of extendable probosis uh, that was meant to look like an arm from a distance. I was about to uh, ask the guys if they could see him when he suddenly disappeared. According to the witness on that very night, the village they had been observing was raided. However, it was not the raid they had been working to in, working to inform or to look at, to observe and intervene. The team moved into the village and found it completely abandoned. They also found several men in the area where I had seen the lights and the, uh, that night. And the corpses had been ripped to shreds and based on the sheer amount of blood, the general consensus was there were more men that were killed than just the bodies that we found. It went into the official unofficial records as a successful raid with several enemies killed in action. Unofficially, no one has any idea what killed them. All I know is, whatever it was, it chose those men and not us. Mm-hmm. Interesting, okay. Well, well, that's it. <coughs> Some kind of super soldier. I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of just fucking weird demon. Some cryptid, I don't know. I'm guessing probably, you know, it's probably a hallucination. Then what killed all swamp those dudes? Oh, yeah. swamp gas and the chemtrails. Chemtrails. Well, yeah, what's going to kill the, all the, the men? Maybe there's another unit they didn't know about. Yeah, I could have done that. Hmm. But Ripped them to shreds? No, maybe it was Wolverine. Or maybe the wolves, that's it. The dingoes or whatever's out there. Wolves, probably. I don't know. Probably wolves. Do you know? Coyotes. Coyotes, or whatever the equivalent is, right down. 
All right, we'll go back in time a little bit. American Civil War. Mm -hmm. Old Green Eyes. The Battle of Chickamauga, which was fought, I've probably said that wrong, which was fought on the 19th and 20th September 1863 on the Tennessee-Georgia border was one of the bloodiest battles of the American Civil War, second only to the Battle of Gettysburg in regards to the number of casualties. Indeed, it's said there was so much blood was spilled on the battlefield that a creature of great malice was drawn to the devastation. <laughs> a beast with green glowing eyes is claimed to have haunted the land long before the arrival of the Predator. Civil War. <laughs> I, I figured it out. <laughs> okay. After the Battle of Chickamauga, some reported seeing such a creature moving among the corpses near Snodgrass Hill. Such reports allegedly describe the huge monster as being human-like, with eerie green eyes and a huge deformed jaw from which terrifying fangs protrude. Fucking is Predator. <laughs> want some candy? Predator. Yeah, want some candy? Does say that in Predator too? He does. Does he? He does, yeah. Yes, he does. It's a tragic. It's a weird moment because he says it to a kid. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, Predator. That's not acceptable, man. And I bet the days grew hot. <laughs> During that war. <laughs> yes. Because he's drawn to heat and conflict. Yeah. It's Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah, exactly. they're fucking roasting. In the centuries after the Civil War, visitors and rangers at the Chickamauga National Park have reported encounters of the same green-eyed creature. Some say that the entity is a ghost of a long-dead warrior. Others say that it's something else, something inhuman. Whatever the truth of the matter, the creature is known by those who report encountering as simply as old green eyes. Sven's brother. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean noted football manager Sven Goran Eriksson? Huh? Noted football manager and money horse Sven Goran Eriksson. He looks about two hundred. He was <laughs> his brother. Maybe Sven's eyes like go green at night. Has anyone ever seen uh, him at yeah. night? No. You know. Was a bit of a fucking pussy, and no one is Sven. Bandorica Johnson. Fair I mean, all right, everyone's Bandorica Johnson, but fair play, isn't it? What is it? The guy that looks like Sven with a huge deformed jaw and airy green eyes yeah. <laughs> and terrifying fangs. Yeah, it's a coup. In the 1970s, two different and unrelated people had accidents near the same location in the park, having driven their cars off the road, wrecking them after seeing a pair of glowing eyes. However, one of the most notable encounters involved Edward Tinney, a park ranger. Speaking during an interview in 1981, he said, When it passed me, I could, hear his, I could see his hair was long like a woman's. The eyes, I'll never forget those eyes. They were glaring, almost greenish-orange in colour, flashing like some kind of wild animal. The teeth were long and pointed like fangs. I didn't know whether to run or scream or what. Then the headlights of an approaching car came blazing with the fog and the thing disappeared right in front of me. Ooh. Definitely a predator. <laughs> Could be predator. I, I don't like the fact it's eating the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of creepy. Predator hasn't got hair like a woman. Yeah, it's got dreadlocks. He's got dreadlocks, but not yeah, hair like a woman. you could see that. In the dark, you might... You know, plus he's got that hollow suit, hasn't he? Mm. In 1981, dreadlocks might have only been a woman's hair. Mm. Yeah. Nah, it was well into the perm. <laughs> they were well into the perm, weren't they? I don't know. It's creepy, though. Mm -hmm. Old green eyes. Old green eyes. Old green eyes is back. <laughs> yeah. Is it like the Loch Ness monster? Just something to, you know, ooh, get, the, get the people talking, get the... That's it. Is it? Does it bring in extra tourism? Yeah. Well, I don't know what the next one is, but that's an awesome name for a band. <laughs> the Vietnam Rock Apes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of all the sightings of mysterious creatures in wartime, none is more widely reported than the Rock Apes of Vietnam. Throughout the Vietnam War, fighters on both sides of the conflict regularly encountered large bipedal apes in the dense jungles. Bizarrely, Vietnam is, no Vietnam is known to no such wild apes. Vietnamese Bigfoot's in the middle of the war. That's a movie I want to see. Yeah. They have got orangutans, don't they? They've got nothing like this now. They've only got uh, one monkey. Bipedal, so they're Bipedal. just walking on their two legs. Yeah. It's the word of the day, that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Even before conflict found its way to the jungles of Vietnam, there had been long local tradition of strange creatures lurking in the wilderness. Various names have been assigned to the creatures by local people, including the Batatut Urjit, or Forest People. Particularly cited within the Vu Quang nature reserves, such stories describe muscular, bipedal beings with ape-like features around six feet tall and covered in reddish-brown hair, excepting the knees, sole of the feet, hands and face. Ooh. Bigfoot. A commonly reported trait of the forest people is their displays of boldness and on occasion aggression. In Borneo, where the creatures are also claimed to exist, witnesses state they do occasionally kill humans. On occasion. No evidence. Just hearsay, isn't it? Whilst the locals of these regions considered the creatures to be a fact of life, the Batatut was relatively unknown to the outside world. That is until war pushed its way into the creature's supposed habitat. Among American soldiers, the creatures were known as rock apes, supposedly because of their uh, propensity to hurl rocks at soldiers. Bigfoot throwing rocks. Mm. In Vietnam. Maybe fighting for the Americans? They haven't seen them yet. They haven't got a picture of them yet. No? No. David Attenborough can go, you know, get pictures of, you know, really scare shit. In the wild, I'm sure that they'd come across. You'd come across there. The locals are seeing them all the time. Look, there's one right there in that picture, in that bush. That you can't it? quite see, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one veteran who served as an airborne infantry squad leader of the 101st Airborne in '68 and '69 described seeing numerous brown and reddish brown rock apes around the Ashu Valley. Although sightings of the creatures were common, they were likely never killed, as soldiers as a rule of the jungle, unnecessary gunfires to be avoided at all cost. According captain, Captain, there's a goddamn rock ape. Well, he's not firing on us, he's not yeah, firing at him. Fire him. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Unload everything you've got. <laughs> what do you want to kill Bigfoot for, you sicko? Well, because... Because... It's a threat, isn't it? It's well, coming no, at you. Not, it, it, it's he's not coming, coming at you. He's not coming right for him. <laughs> He's going right for us! Does that mean there's hold your fire? No! Yeah, but they don't know what these rock apes are. No, exactly. just... someone would have shot one just to have been like, oh, I've got to check this out. Yeah, this well, could what? be the discovery of the century, this could be like... It could know. be, but you're only giving away your position to, the, to Charlie in the trees. Yeah, some fucking hillbilly, some private. Ain't gonna, well, ain't gonna probably is Charlie all bloody dressed up like rock apes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably... It's not like spying on him. Oh, so they got their <laughs> tallest Vietnamese, the tallest Vietnamese yeah. people they could find, put them in Bigfoot suits, yeah. <laughs> right, and and sent them off to go and spy on the Americans, thinking, "Oh, I'll never shoot them." No. <laughs> we want to give yeah. away their position. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but if he's, if, he's, <laughs> if he's just walking alongside them, I don't know, twenty meters that way, and he's not making any threatening gesture, why give away your position? Just keep an eye on him. He comes too close. Yeah, we'll pop him. <laughs> Yeah, then he's going to disappear. Where's he gone? He's gone to warn the Vietnamese where your position is. Well, for all you know, it's an animal. That's, that's the whole point of it. That's, that's it, yeah. That's what we're saying. It's more likely people dressed in, like, you know... Man Vietnamese intelligence had some <laughs> fucking great schemes, didn't they? Sort of like sloths. <laughs> yeah, they had sloths in it, and there was really lazy soldiers just sat in a tree all day watching shit. <laughs> dressed in. But then again, that's... Is furry culture high in Japan? In in, in um, Vietnam, do you reckon? The what? Furries. Furry what? You never seen the other furries? No. Oh man, there's these group of people who get off on being in, who dress them up as as, as animals oh, and right. fucking. Oh right. I've seen, the, I've seen the rubber dog faces and that. Oh no, that's that's more your BDSM thing. This is something completely different. All right. Okay. Yeah. Dress up like a giant cat or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, or foxes or stuff like that. The tails are usually butt plugs. Right. She's <laughs> very knowledgeable this man. Yeah. I watched a documentary. <laughs> documentary on porn. <laughs> <laughs> a porno's got shit, they've taken loads off. <laughs> so many such rock ape sightings weren't reported because the higher echelons wanted confirmed body counts and not mysterious creature sightings. They're like, stop looking at them fucking stop looking, monkeys. Stop looking at the monkeys. 
Um, another testimony comes from Michael Kelly, who served from 1969 to 1970. Here's a name for you, Mike. First one we've had. In the year 2000, he described how eight rock apes surprised a squadron as platoon, resulting in open fire being launched at the creatures. At first believing the mysterious apes were the enemy, being the correct height, they looked very much like soldiers in khaki. See? The firing had been non-stop as the creatures hurled themselves through the trees. In Kelly's own words... All except one was light brown to reddish brown in colour and about three and a half to four feet tall. One dark, almost black male remained fighting to protect the others retreat and he was flying through the branches and rushing the men with his teeth bared. Despite well, what happened there is you're fighting the enemy in the middle of an orangutan fucking family. That's what's going on, isn't it? Yeah. An orangutan troop. Yeah. The orangutans are orange, not khaki. Orangutans aren't black. It's difficult to see in the jungle, isn't it? There's no orangutans <laughs> in, in Vietnam. Of course there is. There isn't. Maybe, maybe Not bipedal. Orangutans aren't bipedal. Right, whatever, the three and a half feet, the biggest monkey must be close to that. Oh, little Ewoks. Oh, they were the last Ewoks. You know what, if they were Ewoks, good. Shoot them all down. Oh. Fucking hate them Ewoks. Uh, there's a good theory. The widespread of... LSD, widespread use of LSD by the soldiers. There we go, explains everything. Oh, right, does it? Every soldier was on LSD. No, but the ones that were seeing rock apes were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just winding each other up. Oh, there's a rock apes. The, the, the biggest, the largest native primate species in Vietnam is a trickily endangered three foot long Tonkin snub nosed monkey. That's not a rock ape, is it? That's Wait, it's a three and a half feet there. It's just three foot. Three and a half to four feet. Oh, there's a big difference between three and four foot. Not really. It's an extra foot. Yeah, not that big. I'm not going to turn down an extra foot. You're not gonna, how can you judge something that's running through the trees, right? Plus, you're probably engaging the enemy. Probably see it in the corner. If I'm right, engaging them, I'm going to know a big deal. I'm looking at them. Mm-hmm. Ah. Alright, we've got the next one. Flying humanoids. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> Shit him, you bought. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm freaking crazy. Yeah. In the Pacific Theatre of World War II, troops reported witnessing peculiar flying humanoids, described as possessing a, lar- a pair of large leathery wings like a bat. These creatures were said to have been spotted close to military installations on numerous occasions. Just Mothman again, isn't it? <laughs> Mothman. Mothman, all those chicks from LSD Island. Yeah. Mm. Silent and shy as they were reported to be, military eyewitnesses could not escape the unnerving feeling that these unearthly beings were somehow observing them. Many of the alleged sightings date to around the time of the Battle of Okinawa in 1945. That was like a bloodbath, in all mm. fairness, on both sides. It was, it was the biggie, it was the last one for mainland Japan. Years afterwards, reports of flying humanoids in the Pacific were still being made by soldiers. One such report came from Sinclair Taylor, a US Air Force private who was on guard duty at the camp near Kyoto, Japan in 1952. The sound of the creature's wings first drew the private's attention to a human he thought he was looking at a giant bird. However, as it flew closer, it became clear that it wasn't. According to Taylor's testimony, the enigmatic being had the body of a man about seven feet tall with a seven-foot wingspan. Fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy that flying at me. Is he wearing trousers? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't say what he was wearing. No. See, that's the thing. Was he naked? Was he wearing clothes? If he's naked, you got to assume that it's some kind of cryptid. Yeah. Or warlock. Well, the size of wingspan. <laughs> it's uh, appendage be flapping in the wind. Well, it's seven foot tall. Yeah. It's much wingspan. <laughs> I was just like, knocks you out his dog. He's got a seven foot dong as well. Is he? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Having flown close to the private, the creature stopped and hovered in the air. Panicked, Taylor began firing his weapon at the flying creature. When he looked back at the spot where the winged beast had been, it had vanished. No blood, cadaver, or any other physical evidence was left behind. Even more bizarre is the fact that Taylor was not the only witness of this creature. 
It's also been reported that when he declared the incident to his sergeant, he's a brave boy, it was revealed that another guard had witnessed the exact same creature the year before. Mm. But I hadn't told anybody. <laughs> they could have rotated out. Uh. Theories as to what Taylor saw include secret military projects, the misidentification of local wildlife. Local uh, wildlife? <laughs> misidentification suggestions included crows, which are reported to be much larger in Japan than other parts of the world. Hey, a big crow, seven foot. My thing is... Crane, maybe. maybe. a crane, yeah. Crane. Maybe Taylor's just a bit of a fucking dumbass. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe he's been on sentry duty for like 13 hours and he... Well, I expect him to be alert, damn it. Yeah, same thing. Certainly in some countryside areas, crows with a wingspan twice the size of a typical carrying crow are described by rural farmers. Hmm? Mm. That being said, that doesn't account for the alleged human characteristics or their ability to survive rapid gunfire. Yeah, it's a mystery. Mm. That's all you need, though, on like an hour, innit? You know, like under fire, you've got a bonsai charge being made at you. And then the next thing you know, there's like a flying dude on bat wings. Uh. just like, oh my fuck. And then you just get bayoneted in the chest. <laughs> So all your on you, you twat, as he flies past. All right, let's go on next then. Next, we have got the U-28 sea monster, sea crocodile. This is like Nessie getting blown up. It's tragic. During World War One, the British steamer Iberian was cruising off the coast of Ireland when it was attacked by the German submarine U-28. The Iberian tried to flee, but the U-28 pursued, firing shells and torpedoes. After taking two direct hits, the Iberian tipped up and sank with her bow in the air. Worth pointing out, everyone thinks U-boats used to fire torpedoes at the time. Now, a lot of times they just surface and fire their gun, they had on the bow. Makes sense. Mm. It was easier. The sinking would all be forgotten today, if not for an article the U-28's captain, Baron von Forstner, wrote for a German newspaper in 1933. In the Baron's account, he stood on the submarine's conning tower and watched the steamer sink. After about 25 seconds, uh, it disappeared. Beneath the surface, there was a large explosion, probably caused by the ship's boiler detonating. Steam engine, boiling yeah. water, hitting cold water, cold water yeah. explosion. The blast threw a mysterious sea creature clear out of the water. The animal was about 20 metres, 65 foot long, and crocodile-like in shape, with pairs of strong front and hind legs adapted for swimming, and a long head that tapered towards the nose. Saltwater crocodile there. According to the Baron, the creature was visible for about 10 to 15 seconds, at a distance of about 150 to 100 metres, in bright sunshine. It's a big-ass crocodile, isn't it? 20 metres. Off island, Mike. Hmm? Off island. Did he come for a holiday? <laughs> well, probably escaped in the Florida Everg Everglades. Right, and got all the way to Ireland yeah. with his little little green "Kiss Me I'm Irish" hat. I <laughs> went <laughs> <Over> to Ireland. <laughs> I dream of a better life in Ireland. I must leave you now, Florida Keys and Crocodile family. I go to open a bar in Ireland. If he salt water, we'd gone into the Atlantic Ocean. Could have swam over to Ireland. There's nothing to eat between America. What's this, your crocodile? Come across something, no, seabirds or something. They're, they're, um, they're cold blooded, aren't they, Mike? They need like warm, and you wouldn't. Oh, yeah. they've, they've got to get out, bask for a bit to keep keep going, and don't Maybe guess. in the summer. The Atlantic, the, the Atlantic is not a warm ocean. In the no. summer. No. I can't see that. Well, stranger things have happened, though, haven't they? That's true. Like Nazi becoming Pope. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wasn't going to put this in, right? Because I read the list and I was like, all right, okay, yeah. And then I um, watched a couple of videos on YouTube, which weren't very long. And this one was always in there. And apparently it's considered one of the most reliable sightings of a sea monster. Never saw a crocodile ever seen. Oh, 20 metres long, <laughs> 65 feet. Mike, that's over the halfway line of a football pitch. Yeah, that's some, that big. That's some... Go they, they don't get that big. All right. Mike, from Goalmouth, right, at one end of a football pitch 
to virtually the 18-yard box of the other opposing goal. That's how big this thing was, 65 feet. Football. Got, got through from the explosion. Mm. They're keeping it as a pet, what? No, they're thrown, <laughs> up, in the, they're thrown up in the explosion. You just went back in the sea. Oh, right. So it was just sniffing around. It was presumably sniffing around under that thing when, when it blew up and it blew it out the sea. Oh, shit. Largest saltwater crocodile. Yeah. Six metres. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And the alligators get bigger. Oh, God, he's just straining for this, aren't you? Well, there could be, you know... It's not going to be 65 feet, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Could be some prehistoric leftover in it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've always like wanted to, you know, see a prehistoric leftover. Come on, David Attenborough, sort it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe five point eight five meters. There you go. So what have we got here? We've got clearly got some kind I've of sea monster. Crocodiles. Oh, we're swimming together. Yeah. Down nose to tail. Maybe they make it for the lifetime. Some sort of, <laughs> some sort of, to get to Ireland. Some sort of megalodon or something. I don't see. I mean, all right. According to his account, seven of the crew members witnessed the creature. Unfortunately, six died mm. during the war. Presumably, when the U twenty eight was sunk in nineteen seventeen. The only survivor witness was the sub's cook, who never wrote about the incident, leaving the story to rely on von Forster's account alone. Additionally, the sixty one survivors of the Iberian apparently didn't see the creature. But they may have been a little busy for the time swimming for their lives. Yeah, you still notice uh, two saltwater crocodiles. What? Nose to tail? <laughs> yeah. Perfectly <laughs> flying the air? Yeah, a flying megnodon. Yeah. You'd swim faster. Well, you, you wouldn't see him. You'd be like, oh, just, yeah, yeah your, your attention's not on that. Be cold in the Irish Sea as well. Freezing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that boiler going off just, just just flung them that massive, let's say, prehistoric throwback crocodile out of the water. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility to assume something like that's still knocking about. That's where all the fish go in. There you go. Yeah. Is it is it beyond the realms of possibility to assume there's something still like that knocking around? Yeah. I mean, we've basically found the giant squid, the kraken. It's unlikely. It's, it is unlikely. I think it's the best. I think it's the strongest case. Yeah, it's the strongest case in in this wild. <laughs> and the strongest case is that he's making it up. That's the strongest yeah. case because nobody else in it. Maybe the other six guys died. Yeah, he happened to conveniently choose it. It's a war. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the most. They're in a submarine. In nineteen, in the first world yeah, war, the only, the only survivor left to cook who hasn't collaborated. How many the story. people were? How many people were coming out the top of this submarine? Well, he says six. So, the gun crew and him probably. Why was the cook coming out the top of the submarine? No, the cook just—he wasn't. Maybe he was just man of the torpedo tube or something. Maybe he was frying pancakes on the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're up for a bit. <laughs> well, submarines. We wouldn't get me in one of them anyway. Picking holes in this story with the, with the cook. Oh, I just need the cook. The cook, cook it, man. Just, the cook just cook. I'm just coming up to see what's going on. Oh, we at battle stations. I've got some beans on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a proper soldier. <laughs> oh look, there's a megalodon. <laughs> no, it's three saltwater crocodiles <laughs> nose to tail. You fucking idiot! What are you doing? You're the cook. Slap. <laughs> Alright, All right, the, the Hound of Mons. Now, are you familiar with the Angel of Mons? Yep. We've gone through that, Claire. No. Basically, the idea of the Battle of Mons, the British are like doing this fighting retreat, and we're holding the Germans off, and just as it looks like we're meant to be overwhelmed, either A, a giant fuck-off angel appears and starts killing Germans, or B, a load of uh, longbowmen from Henry VIII, or Henry V time, Agincourt, mm-hmm. fire their ghostly arrows at the Germans and kill them. Sadly, that is a fabrication. It was written by um, a, a vicar and put in the newspaper and no one said whether it was fictional or not. So um, everyone kind of believed, oh my God, wow, that's how they got away. Yeah. Nothing to do with the pluck um, of the British Tommy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they might actually want that story to be spread oh. because God's on our side. Yeah. It's a strong ally to have. Yeah. If it's an angel helping yeah. us defeat the Germans... 
We've got to be on the right side, haven't we? Yeah, nothing to do with the individual skill at arms and marksmanship with the average British Tommy, though, is it? Mm. No? They're not going to get any praise, are they? No, they're not, sadly. Anyway, um, this is the Hound of Mons. Uh, so, 1919, a number of Oklahoma newspapers published a terrifying story for a Canadian World War I veteran named Captain F.J. Newhouse. According to him, Allied soldiers in the trenches at Mons had found themselves hunted by a terrifying beast. It all started in 1914 when Captain Yeskes, I'm assuming that's how I sell that right, of the London Fusiliers took four soldiers out into no man's land on patrol. When they didn't return, their concerned comrades thought they might have been intercepted by the Germans, but days later their dead bodies were found, just as they had been dragged down with teeth marks at the throats. From that point things only got worse. Terrible howls echoed across the landscape and soldiers reported seeing strange movements beyond the barbed wire. Patrols into no man's land would be found horribly mauled as if by some great beast. Then just as suddenly as it appeared, the creature seemed to disappear again. Call of Duty so ripped this off, isn't it? <laughs> the little hounds. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the bastards though on the yeah. Black Ops, the first one, you, get, you yeah. get the attack dogs and they're bastards. Cause you can't, I can't, I can never bring myself to shoot a dog on a computer game. It's coming off you with the teeth, you know. You can't in real life. No. <laughs> no. I couldn't. I, I can't even kill the wolves on Assassin's Creed unless they attack me. If they attack me, I have to kill them, but if they don't, I just go past them on my horse as fast as possible. I refuse to kill the wolves. <laughs> So the mystery was only resolved when a German scientist named Gottlieb Hochmuller was killed in Berlin in a Berlin riot at the end of the war. Apparently, Hochmuller's papers revealed a dastardly plot to transfer a madman's brain into a giant Siberian wolfhound, which was subsequently released into no man's land. As <laughs> <laughs> says, this is a part of a series of experiments which Hochmuller hoped would end the war in Germany's favour, uh, creating a race of dog men. Uh, uh, I don't know how a very crazy dog was supposed to resolve a world war, but the point is it was an idea. If you put all your soldiers' brains into Siberian wolfhounds, you're probably going to win the war, but you're also going to have a shitload of angry wolf intelligent, highly intelligent wolves at your door at the end of the war when they say, can we have our human bodies back now? And you go, yeah, about them. <laughs> <laughs> the wolves are really enjoying walking around on two legs. You don't think we just got rid of their brains, did you? <laughs> I'm going to put Hitler's brain into a dashund. I think they'd lose. <laughs> well, the wolves? Yeah. Because, you know, the people that were wolves still have, like, you know, yeah, fingers, I mean, triggers. Th three million Siberian wolfhounds streaming across the Western Front. All with human intelligence. That's... Mm. Yeah, but they're madmen. They yeah, this be, one was a madman. You have to be mad to say, do you want, can I put your brain in a, in a giant Siberian wolfhound, please? Dude, wouldn't want that! <laughs> would you... A, the technology isn't available, and B, no! And, and I don't want to be a wolf hound or a human. See, you're getting sent into sort of like no man's land yeah. with no gun in your hand and paws. You're a wolf, you've got claws and teeth. And my life's I know, yeah, just... but they can shoot, you, you know, they can see you coming. I'm fast and agile. And... You just decrease your lifespan. Dogs don't live as long as humans. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, there is that. And they've got big guns, you know, I'm just seeing Maybe when you're about to die and they put it in a puppy. Yeah, okay. But we haven't got the technology for that anyway. I was a mad wolf. Yeah, but they used to have a dead man and a dead wolf. Can't do it. Do brain transplants. Well, I'm just saying, this is mad German science. The Germans are great at mad they, German science. They just crush our, our brains are a bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. However, interestingly, Captain Newhouse seems to have been a real soldier. But then the story does fall apart a little quickly. I put this one in for fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't not love that. Yeah. There's no record of a scientist named Gottlieb Hockmuller, and there was definitely no Captain Yesks in the London Fusiliers. It's actually quite a rare name in, there in England, although it's much more common in Canada and America, suggesting that F.G. Newhouse probably made the whole thing up. Mm. Still, I like it. Mm. I like it a lot. Congo snake. Oh.
Colonel Remy van Leerder was a Belgian pilot who became well known for his heroic exploits during World War II. Among other feats, he escaped from a German prisoner of war camp and made it safely to Britain, where he became a, an ace in the Royal Air Force. And his famous monster sighting came years later when he was returning from a mission in the Congo. Chances are as a mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> he was flying over the jungle in a helicopter when he spotted a giant snake, very dark green, with a white belly, which he estimated at 15 metres, which is 50 feet in length. In his account, the serpent reared up as though it wanted to attack the helicopter. Uh, he even managed to snap a picture of the beast, which is now well known in cryptozoology circles. However, uh, the picture's fairly blurry and doesn't really provide anything to indicate the scale, so it can't be used as proof that the snake was really that enormous. Still, he stuck to his guns, insisting the monster was a true giant and could eat up a man if it had wanted to. Cryptozoology circles, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one because I mean that guy's um, fairly reputable witness, isn't he? World War Two flying ace. He's a pilot. He's a trained observer. He's a veteran pilot as well. He's, he's you know, and there has been snakes. Uh, I, I read the one of the largest snakes it was thirty three feet. There you go. You just exaggerate a bit, don't you? Yeah. I don't think there's anything in that. Just a big snake, you see. <laughs> it was crawling through the fucking jungle, man. Yeah, of course it does where they live. <laughs> all right. Oh, some big snakes out there. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Well, I'm, just, I, I'm I saying think... 33 and 50 can be... When you're flying a helicopter at speed, it's mm-hmm. difficult to judge, come on. Okay. All right, the last one is the Kraken. Okay. Because it's like, it's the Kraken, isn't it? Yeah. Release the Kraken! Do you want to say before having sex? <laughs> <laughs> you got eight penises. <laughs> well, I've got nine after that COVID vaccination. <laughs> a squid-like Scandinavian sea monster, the Kraken, is one of the best-known mythological creatures in the world, featuring in some of the most popular Hollywood releases of recent times. Past the Caribbean, one springs to mind, and, of course... Um, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. He didn't look like that on Clash of the Titans, though. He was more humanoid with, like, a few arms, wasn't he? And... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that movie sucked. The remake, anyway. The original was quite good. I like the original. No Jason the Argonauts, but. Nah. The I used to love the Harry. Ha- what was his name? Harry Housen? Harry Harry Housen. Was it his name? Harry Harry Housen? <laughs> the, the stop motion stuff. Yeah. Cause I, was it Jason the Argonauts? Ray Harry Housen. Ray Harry. Jason. <laughs> Harry Harry Housen. Harry, 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 his brother. <laughs> Oh, Jason the Argonauts with the skeleton soldiers. Yeah. Never, right? That's Asia. Yeah. Love that. I used to love it as a kid. Fascinating me. Sinbad. Mm. Yeah. The monkey in Sinbad. That was pretty well done yeah. at the time. That was revolutionary. But this is the Kraken. <laughs> they did that too, didn't they? So, um, one of the most dramatic Kraken encounters comes during World War II when a British trawler was moored off the Maldives. Crewman A.G. Starkley was standing on deck one evening when he spotted something in the water and shone his torch on it. He says, As I gazed, fascinated, a circle of green light glowed in my area of illumination. This green, unwinking orb. I suddenly realised it was an eye. The surface of the water undulated with some strange disturbance. Gradually, I realised I was gazing almost point-blank at a huge squid. So far, that's not come totally implausible. But then Starkley then claimed he walked the length of the ship, finding the squid's head and tentacles at opposite ends. That would have made the creature 53 metres, which is 175 feet, in length. More than three times as the longest giant squid ever recorded. And he doesn't seem to have called anyone else to have a look at the terrifying monster lurking near the boat. Mm. But, that's, I still think, a giant squid, yeah. So he just mauled it and then went away? And he didn't like. Ah! No, he just he just he thought he was looking at it. He was just lying underneath the boat. This is just sort of come to the surface alongside the boat. Yeah. I, it, I thought it said it moored it. No, it was moored. Moored. Off the oh, moored it. Moored off the Maldives. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I don't know about the the exact length of it, but he he says that he was he saw the tentacles at one end mm-hmm. and then went to the other and saw the head. Well, the 
the squid couldn't move under the boat at that point. That's true. That's true. Could have been, could have been watching him as much as he was watching you. So, that would explain that. Yeah, a giant squid, yeah. And then, of course, you've got all the tales of the Krakens attacking sailing ships yeah. and tugging them down. Which I still think... I mean, we had the... Um, do you remember the... Oh, man, it was one of the first... One, Judy with the Square, the... Um, what's it called when we do this, the weird stories? Anthology of the Strange. Mm-hmm. And the squid that attacked the, the US, that USS Destroyer clamped around the, the yeah. radar dome mm. and left its its sucker imprints on it and everything. I think I think there's bigger than we've seen. I really do, in terms of giants. Yeah, there probably is. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of sea to live in, isn't there? That's it. We know more about the moon than we do the bottom of the ocean. We do. That's a that's a, that's a fact, a genuine fact, right there. God, I'd love to go in a submersible. Yeah, I've always yeah. fancied going down the Titanic while it's still there. Mm. Maybe that was dragged down by a squid as well as the iceberg. Why not? Didn't start that conspiracy. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> no, there's a whole conspiracy with the Titanic. Sorry, I've got a cough. What the conspiracy about like the the fire and that happened before it left. Yeah, that it was an insurance job and it was the Olympic that had been patched up. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what one of the few true conspiracy series I go for, it's actually. Fucking J.P. Morgan, of course. I don't think was. they planned for it to go, go down, down as soon as it fast... Oh, either they didn't plan for it to go down or they planned for it to go down a lot slower than it did. Yeah. Because there was a boat on standby with, like, 3,000 blankets on board and nothing else <laughs> during a coal strike. So coal was like really rationed out amongst the ships. Yeah. What you got to do is pay off the the captain. He works the boat. He worked the same line. He knows that there's another boat not far away with blankets. Yeah, and the guy who was captaining the boat with the blankets has also participated the previous year in an exercise of getting people off a boat and running a ferry system of oh. lifeboats, and he got something so like three thousand people off in a couple of hours. So why did he save them? Because they were moored in for ice, but they were, they were hemmed in by ice. They couldn't get and there. the Titanic gave the wrong location. It wasn't where they thought they weren't where they thought they were. So he turned up at the prearranged location, got hemmed in. The Titanic was off course, and uh, they never made it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's an interesting one, but yeah, that is anyway. That is my my wartime monsters. And I'm sure you'll agree, it's probably all true. No, I'm going with the, the squid and the, the snake. Yeah? Yeah, I They were true, but not the size that they say they were. Right. What about uh, the Vietnamese rock apes? No, that was just orangutans. Yeah. There's no orangutans what there! What are they like, snub-nosed monkeys? Yeah, they'll be the... Or, as I say, all the people LSD. dressed up. LSD. Hey? Or they're, they're, they're dressed up, I'm going mm. with that. I'm going... Right. Flying humanoids. That was bollocks. Well, the uh, old green eyes. Sven's brother. Yeah. That's a bit more supernatural, isn't it? That's Predator. Predator. There you go. I think it's some old geezer in the in the, in the the pub going, old oh, green eyes. Some <laughs> Confederate war veteran missing a leg. He's just in the tavern there <laughs> like, I lost my leg at this battle. Let me tell you about old green eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. He's perpetuated that. Let's end the show with some fucked up facts then. Yeah. Okay. Can we have a jingle? Facts, 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 facts. We get worse at that every time. <laughs> in 2018, a Belgian bar had such problems with people stealing their glassware that they demanded customers give up their shoes as a deposit. <laughs> <laughs> What's with their glasses? Hmm. Must have been look good, wasn't they? It must have been special glasses or something, I don't know. Sucks to give up your shoes though, doesn't it? Well, the floor's really cold. Oh, and you're stepping piss when you go to the toilet. Oh. Oh, it'd be awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why did they ask for a deposit? Mm. An obscene deposit. Because if you say a fiver, you go, ah, fuck it, I'll lose a fiver. Yeah. For a big tankard type yeah. thing. With I'm the... glad they never did that on the Iron Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, everybody's got a pint glass from, from oh, the pub, haven't they? Yeah. Or a wine glass. Yeah, some people have several. <laughs> <laughs> like me. <laughs> Some people's entire pint glass collection is taken from pubs. <laughs> Look at the ashtrays. The beer mats. No, oh, not the beer mats. You know that far. I don't know. I like them ones that used to go along the... Oh, the towels. I've got a towel. Be- See? 
But I was you're given you one step away from. The I was mask. given the towel by the snooker club when that closed. I, I used to keep it in my snooker cue case. Oh. They wiped the cue down for a start for some reason. I don't know, but everyone seems to do it. So I started <laughs> doing it. No idea what it's about, but yeah, Shining looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in two thousand and four, Bill Gates. We spoke oh, about for Here we go again. He said, two years from now, spam will be solved. Spam? Yeah. Oh, the email not, spam. Not, not the meat spam. <laughs> Say what's wrong with spam. Yeah. Spam, 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 spam. <laughs> like a bit of spam. That was solved a long time ago. No one eats it. <laughs> I like oh, a bit of spam. Yeah. Have you ever had a spam fritter? Oh, no. My spam fritters are gorgeous. No, I think I've tried it when I was a kid, but I'm not revisiting it. Spam toasties? Spam toy, you can't beat a spam toast. I like faggots, Mr. Brain's faggots. Oh, oh the faggot. <laughs> Should point out they're talking about the food for American listeners, you may not know that. That's why I said Mr. Brain's, so I'm just... Yeah, they don't know the brand either. <laughs> well, you'd Google it, wouldn't you? <laughs> hey, they're eating faggots in, in the UK. <laughs> yeah, you don't need them thinking we're doing that. <laughs> Not all special effects are high tech. Some of the asteroids in the Empire Strikes Back are potatoes. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah, yeah. And one of the ships in Return of the Jedi is a gym shoe. <laughs> ah! Oh, look at Red Dwarf. I mean, uh, oh God, isn't uh, Starbuck just a washing up liquid bomb? <laughs> With some legs to come. Is it? Sure it is. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, and in um, Star Wars, some of them are oil paintings aren't they mm. and yeah some of the the background it's some of the background mm. where they've got all the little stormtroopers all standing in, a, in oh, lines right. and stuff right. yeah because i was like never there's practical effects in it i suppose mm -hmm. that does explain why lucas ran through most of the budget for his original in very short space of time <laughs> if he's getting oil paintings done <laughs> <laughs> controversial i think practical effects are sometimes a lot better than the cgi stuff i think cgi's gets overused mm. and so when they overuse it it looks shitty sometimes yeah you know i think sometimes practical effects are a lot better i'm always pointing out to the husband i was like this is this this film's shit it's fake he goes oh let's oh. keep an open mind and i was like oh. <laughs> it's hard when when it is so shit isn't it what gets me is controversial one lord of the rings return of the king yeah mm. right when they have the ghost army yeah it looks terrible Looks awful. It's just a big green smear going across the screen. It looks shit. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell, you could have done something better than that. Get some people in suits, you know? Mm. Next fact. Go on, yeah. then. Doctors used to consider a desire for travel to be an illness huh. and labelled it pathological tourism. <laughs> How do you explain the British Empire then? That was mm. pretty much armed tourism. Definitely pathological. In 1999, a 36-year-old Indian man was rushed to hospital due to a suspected tumour in his abdomen. After being examined, it was discovered his belly contained the disjointed but living and growing parts of his parasitic twin. Oh! He recovered fully after it was removed. Oh, I wonder how big it was. Just parts of it, it says. Oh, they right. have teeth and hair and all yeah. sorts, don't they? Again, I'm back to South Park with a nurse with the fetus on the side of her head. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. rats like to laugh. Rats can go fuck themselves. In a lab, they will seek out other laughing rats. Because <laughs> they go fuck themselves, wild creatures. What are they laughing at? <laughs> their plans to steal your sandwich when your back's turned or infect you with the plague. That's what they're laughing at. Bastards. In 2017, a flight leaving Shanghai airport was delayed by five hours after an elderly passenger threw coins into the plane engine for good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sir, we don't do that here. <laughs> Oof. What would you do? Oh, he had to be arrested, on he? Depends how elderly he was and if it was his first flight or not. I mean, he can't have done that more than once. It's not Christmas fucking pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he can't. That must have been his first time on a plane because he would. He wouldn't if they'd done that before. No one noticed the plane would have crashed. He'd be dead. <laughs> must have been like his first ever time on a plane. He's like, oh wow, that great metal bird. 
Look at it, I'm going to throw some... I'm going to, get, I'm going to get favourite in my coins. No, I think he's got like that problem, you know, when you go into a disabled toilet. You shouldn't be in there anyway, but you really want to pull the red cord. I think he's he's got like those sort of issues. <laughs> What's the red cord do, the alert? Yeah. See, I've always seen that red cord. You thought it... about pulling it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, well, he's the guy that pulls it. Yeah. Just shits and giggles. <laughs> so I, I visit the disabled toilet at work because no one else ever uses it. It's clean, isn't it? Is it? I refer to it now as my office. I'm disabled. I'm disabled. <laughs> I refer to it now as my office. If anyone needs me, I'm in my office for the next... Mm, checks my watch. Seven minutes. By the way, we're not mocking uh, disabled people. That's off the IT crowd. Yes. I stand with the uh, disabled people, the Black Triangle. You, just, you stand with the disabled people. <laughs> <thing. laughs> triangle? What was that? Yeah. As you get all the the cuts and the, the the terror that the fucking Tories have caused on disabled people. Have <laughs> you just realised what you said? I know, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stand with them. It's like Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, yeah we ain't standing no more. <laughs> Isn't that ironic that disabled Tories that they want you to stretch your legs out in? It's made me want to go. <laughs> Stretch your legs out while you have a crap. Yeah. I do it. I do it. Do it. Not off the whole thing. Just do. Have a little bit of stretch. You know. You do a massive fart. Do you hover off the toilet? <laughs> no, you. I can do that by clapping my buttocks together rhythmically. <laughs> Daddy, I'm flying. <laughs> I'm like that guy on guy Shinrikyo. Yeah. <laughs> immensely strong thighs. Could you say? I like to clap my buttocks together and generate lift. I can play the national anthem on a kazoo between your buttocks. <laughs> that I'd be, you should put on YouTube or TikTok. Whatever's trendiest. Moving on. Yeah. Scientists have confirmed the existence of Far, Far Out. Huh? <laughs> Good for them. I, I, you know, I, I, when did they discover that? Because I discovered that when I was about, oh, I'd say 15, 16, and I smoked my first joint. <laughs> yeah. I figured out what Far, Far Out was that night. It's now the most distant known object in the solar system. Oh, right, okay. Taking the record from Far Out. <laughs> well, how far was Far not as far, far as far, far, far. They've got no fucking imagination, no. have they? <laughs> Call it cool names like the Amiga Sector. Yeah. You know, or... Yeah. You know, something like that. Something called the Sicarus Sector. I don't know. Ultima Segmentum. Do some Latin shit on that. Make nah, it seem good. We're well past that. Latin always has a touch of class. We should have that as our logo. We're just in Latin, so it sounds classy. <laughs> and then, oh, what's that logo mean? It means Latin adds a touch of class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it. It is illegal to own more than six dildos in Texas. <laughs> Who comes and checks? <laughs> you have a dildo license, haven't you? <laughs> Sorry, ma'am, you've got seven dildos. And my husband's got 32 guns. Yeah, but we're not here for them. Let's take this outside. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a black red purple doubler. <laughs> Dildos at dawn. Dildos at dawn. Dildos at dawn. Get out of my room. It's the uh, fucking what is it? Um, Evil Dead Two. Dead. Evil Dead. Yeah. Evil Dead Two. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. But he wasn't. Was he? But he wasn't. He wasn't. Strapped that chainsaw onto his stump and went out like a legend. I love that film. Me too. <laughs> and the third one. Yeah. It's a guilty pleasure for me, the third one. As you know, it's a fucking classic on my own. Okay, let's finish on this one. Oh no, I've got another dildo one. Dildo <laughs> Island. <laughs> You're not allowed another one, Mike. I've got, I've got another dildo one. <laughs> dildo Island lies just north of Spread Eagle Bay. <laughs> I should hope so. So you're safe, I'll be concerned. And in the 1940s, butt plugs were marketed as a headache remedy. I've heard that. I have heard that. I suppose you just think, 
fuck my arse hurts. Yeah. I mean, it takes the pain away from your head, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, you'd be so concentrated on having this thing stretching your rectum that you like, you'd forget about your headache. It doesn't make sense. I'm not suggesting they should do it now. I'd rather take an aspirin. Was that just me? <laughs> I see you're not in favour yeah, of it. Yeah. I said it and there was a silence. Yeah, yeah I'll put the butt plugs, what can I say? <laughs> Old fashioned medicine, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> haven't, you got, haven't you got a preventative one? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't keep one in just in case. <laughs> nah. But that's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're, maybe the chemtrails thing is because you're wearing book plugs all the time. <laughs> Feeding your mind to think about other things. Yeah. Right, well, and on that butt shell, <laughs> on that butt plug, let's end the show. Uh, I'm Ben, thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Facebook and listen to us on Spotify and SoundCloud and coming soon Anchor. We're cutting the boy in the post through the apocalypse or cutting for the boy in the PTA. Not we'll the get, Parent Teachers Association. No, we'll get the branding sorted. We'll, we'll, yeah, thank you for listening. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. Don't take out your school, your cult leader's eyes. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. Thanks. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been keeping an open mind, but not so open that it spells accurately as well.